Welcome to the Liberty Mom Show. Chris Kimball hosting today. Liberty Moms are the real secretaries of defense when it comes to their children, their families, and their communities. And uh, we thank you for joining us today. We're part of the Loving Liberty Network, and we're just glad there's a lot of choices out there for you to spend your time and listen to. And the fact that you would join us really means a lot to us. So uh, we appreciate that, and please share um, what you hear today with others and uh, broaden our, our reach um, with uh, those that you know. And uh, I'm excited today to introduce my guest today. We, um, I've got Robert Spute, who is with me. He's an attorney, and he's representing Scott Miller, who was the former Salt Lake County Party Chair of the Republican Party here in Salt Lake City, Utah, Salt Lake County. And um, there was kind of a, a uproar, I guess, was it Friday? I think it was Friday last week when there was a claim, a notice of claim that was filed with the Salt Lake County on behalf of Scott Miller. And Robert, you're the one that filed the claim. And uh, it's against a governmental entity or a government employee. And as I had read through the claim, there's actually quite a huge list of people that are involved in this claim. I mean, there's got to be at least almost 50, something right. like that. And yeah, so there's quite a few. There's right. quite a few people that are involved in this claim. And so um, just to give our listeners a little bit of background, Scott Miller, as I said earlier, was the former chair of the Salt Lake County Republic- Republican Party. And I moved to Salt Lake County Oh, gosh, I think it was back in 14, 2014, after being up in Davis for a number of years. And as I got involved with the Republican Party here in Salt Lake and uh, got into leadership positions where I was a precinct chair, I started seeing the work that Scott would do. And I was just like, who is this guy? (laughs) It was just amazing because um, he would go in and, and pull these grandma requests um, in regards to uh, Ben McAdams when he was serving on the Salt Lake County um, Council, or no, he was a Salt Lake County mayor. And uh, there were a lot of um, illegal things that were happening. One in particular were indoor closed meetings, which are supposed to be public when you're a public entity and taxpayers are paying for that. And all of this stuff was going on behind the doors and Scott was exposing it. And I just thought, wow, that's, that's awesome that he goes in and does the legwork and, and takes the time and, and the, the money. There's the money attached to grandma requests and that he was willing to do that and really exposing um, those candidates that the Republican Party was running against and getting um, really good information to help our Republican candidates run for office. And then he... Uh, eventually ran to be the Salt Lake County chair and he won that election uh, very, I thought very, very soundly because he came out very 
um, uh, very upfront, very transparent in his support of the caucus system. And that seemed to be, um, that seemed to really take him over the top um, when he was running for the county chair. So um, again, he carried on and people that were running for office in the Republican Party would have this um, support group of people that would help get you talking points or things about your opponent. And I've run for office before in Davis County and previously in Salt Lake County prior to Scott getting involved like he did. And I just never have seen anything like that happen before where you actually had the party, the county party was actually helping these candidates with their campaigns and, and getting them elected. It was, it was amazing. So that's where um, I first came across Scott. And I was just really amazed at the work that he did. And he was um, just such an opponent, um, not an opponent, but proponent for our Republican party platform and really calling out those individuals who happen to run as Republicans, but they totally vote contrary to the platform once they get in office. And, uh, and he was calling out some of those individuals and some of the individuals that were involved in this process um, to help other candidates, Democrats, for example, get elected, happen to be Republicans that are very influential in the state. And um, when Scott announced that he was going to run for state party chair, there seemed to be a real attack against him that took place. And so I think that's where we're going to bring you in, um, Robert, because um, what exactly what exactly happened after he filed? What what took place? You know, it's 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 interesting what happened. This is it involves allegations by uh, certain people in uh, Salt Lake County government positions and other uh, other employment uh, areas related to those those people where uh, there was claims of sexual harassment, uh, a hostile work environment, or other things like that within the Salt Lake County GOP based on uh, a volunteer who was helping with communications and things like that with, by the name of Dave Robinson. And what happened is these allegations were brought to to Scott and and uh, you know what's interesting is that if you look at the correspondence and things you know the, that uh, happened in that time period, he was very responsive, right? He, in fact, responding to texts, emails almost immediately, and he actually started looking into it, right? Uh, Made sure that people knew he was doing that. Set a meeting, said, "Hey, let's let's see these allegations are. Please give me information so that I can you know bring this issue up and make sure that we understand what's going on." Um, despite doing that, uh, not very much information, if any, was really provided to Scott. And instead of kind of going through the normal processes of, of trying to figure out what was going on, these, these individuals went straight to the media. Uh, there's a kind of an infamous article published in the Sully Tribune kind of blasting these things out to the world. Um, and it's interesting that, uh, like you're saying, you know, Scott was in the process of trying to run for uh, the chair chair position for the the state GOP. And all of a sudden he was in the crosshairs uh, with claims that he was essentially supporting what was alleged to be uh, an environment that was cultivating sexual harassment and other, other issues like that. And it just simply wasn't true. 
Well, I worked in a I worked in a corporate setting, so we definitely had not like they are today because this was decades ago. But um, sexual harassment was usually considered happening when someone who like is sexually attracted to you is trying to um, gain favors or is inappropriate touching or something, and and they're kind of they're they're not in their boundaries. And I just thought it was interesting because I knew Dave Robinson and knew that he was, um, you know, he has a same sex attraction. So I thought, well, how can he be sexually harassing individuals that he's not even sexually attracted to? (laughs) I just didn't see how that could even happen. And because like I say, when I was in the workforce, it, it had to involve that type of behavior. And I just thought, wow, I don't see how that is even happening, but but that's not that's not the whole that's not what we're here to talk about per se. But um, this um, the, these allegations were to me I felt very troublesome because I'm on social media I'm on Facebook and I saw a big pile up about the whole thing when it came out and I in my mind felt like you know there's more there's just more to this story you know and and I'm tired of I I'm tired of this um, founding you know you're guilty in in the in the public view until you have a chance to go through due process and i saw this play out with john swallow for example when john swallow who's now been totally exonerated against any of the charges that were against him he um, had to go to court to clear his name and had to resign from his position just because of allegations that were not attached to any he didn't ever have a chance to have any due process so I had seen that before, and even with our legislative body, they piled on. So even our elected officials back then, in that particular case, they had piled on. And, of course, social media that, um, uh, I mean, it just, it was ugly. And and here he ended up being innocent of, of the things that he was charged. And so I've seen this happen before, and I I just... I knew in my gut, I thought there's more to this story than just what is being told. I was, I was kind of surprised with some of them. And I thought, wow, I mean, where are they getting this from? Because I've interacted with Dave Robinson, not as a candidate, but I've interacted him with him when he ran for office himself. And I've never seen um, that, that kind of behavior from him. So I was very surprised. So um, with this pile up, um, what did that end up doing for Scott? with his attempt to run for office. Well, I think the, you know, what the history of everything that happened is, is pretty straightforward, right? I mean, Scott was, I think as far as we could tell, doing very well, <laughs> it was probably very likely that he would be the, the, the new GOP chair, but because of these things um, and because of the situation that it caused, um, I think he, he kind of felt he was in a position where he needed to step away um, and allow, I think due process, like you mentioned, to take, take his course. And because of that, you know, he withdrew, from that race to be the GOP chair. And it is what, this is just an example, like you said, where it's so easy for someone to be tried in the court of public opinion, whether on social media or even in in the mainstream news, right? And you have no real ability to really defend yourself. And like you said, so many people piled on uh, all the way up, right? I mean, we're not talking just, you know, a few people in the legislature. It was the governor, lieutenant governor, um, people in the national stage even uh, were, were making comments.
arguments about this and really with no evidence whatsoever to support what was being said about Scott. And it, it really has caused some serious issues in not only his political career, right, which kind of ended it, to a degree at that point because of what happened, but also in his personal life. And these are the kind of things that just shouldn't happen and shouldn't be done, especially without the ability to show that these things were even an issue that actually occurred. Well, and what's interesting is on this list, there's quite a few um, individuals who are our attorneys, and you would hope that these attorneys, it's just really either, I can't help but think it's agenda-driven because attorneys should be aware of due process. <laughs> what they sure. do, isn't it? Isn't that part of their work Their work function? Like, oh, we have to make sure we establish everyone gets is entitled to their due process in court, right? You know, so I, here's the thing. You know, I think all of us get to the point where we forget you know, the fact that we have laws and we have, uh, you know, a nation under laws for a specific reason, right? That we have protections because this is the kind of stuff that laws are designed to prevent as opposed to cause, right? So you'll notice because this wasn't something in, a, say, a, a legal battle or in a court setting, um, it's basically you're proven, you know, you're guilty until proven innocent. And there's a reason that in the legal context, it should be the exact opposite. Because otherwise, it would ruin your life. Even if, even with the presumptions of innocent until proven guilty, it could still ruin your life. And it's unfortunate that it's caused these problems for Scott and his. You know, um, I'll, I'll, what I see here when I see um, Governor Cox listed as one of the people listed in the claim, it's interesting because he was involved in the John Swallow. Again, John Swallow had not had any chance of any due process. And... Uh, Spencer Cox at the time was just a representative and he was fairly new in the legislature. He was the first out and asked for John Swallow to be um, impeached. He was throwing out the impeachment word. And I thought that's so interesting because here he is, he's just um, brand new and kind of trying to figure things out. But it's like he was ready. I mean, just to throw out John Swallow without any due process. And here he, he's listed again. I'm seeing this pattern of bad behavior, <laughs> of, of uh, just calling out without ever getting the facts. And without, I mean, I don't know, did any of these individuals that are listed, did, did they ever reach out to Scott and ask him, can I hear your side of the story? No. No, unfortunately. I mean, and the thing that's interesting is that I'm, I'm pretty confident that there were attempts to at least say, hey, look, come talk to me. Let me know, right? I'm, I'm happy to provide you what, what, I, what I have and what did happen. Hear my side of the story. And no one was interested in getting that. And we all know there's two sides to every story. And unfortunately, for some reason, Scott had to present his side of the story the way that we have, right? And notice of claim yeah. and, and potentially, you know, other legal avenues that we may have to pursue. Yeah. And it's... We've seen nationally, there's been other stories like this, the written, um, uh, what just happened in uh, Kenosha, Wisconsin, and how they portrayed that particular case in such a, a certain light in the media. And it was, he once he finally got into court, he was found innocent, you know, of those charges. And so we're, we're really missing this, this piece of liberty that is, we're entitled to with our constitutional rights that we are innocent until we have a chance to go 
and um, face a jury of our peers and, and face our accusers. There's all these things that are listed in the Constitution that protect us against this mob gang up rule that we saw happen. And unfortunately, it happened right here in Utah. Utah, the red state, the, that conservative state that everyone's a Mormon supposedly, and not everyone, at least 50%. But I mean, we have this reputation of being this, you know, religious, good people. And we're just like any other um, state or group of people who um, ignored the rights of others and just pile on. And I don't know if it's an emotional thing. Um, They get caught up in the emotion of the outrage. I was really surprised. The one name I was surprised to see was John Curtis, our representative in Congress in in D.C. And I thought, wow, there you have so much on your plate in D.C. with everything that's going on that you can actually get your feelers and, I mean, you care about something that you know nothing about because you're 2,000 miles away. I mean, I just was really shocked that his name was involved in that. So um, let's, just to educate our listeners, because some of us aren't as up to speed, we don't um, take law, we're not taught really any law, K through 12, and the law interacts with us quite a bit, but what exactly is a notice of claim? Because that's different than an actual lawsuit, right? That's right. That's right. Well, notice a claim, especially when you're dealing with potentially going after a government entity. You have to file generally a notice of claim or something to let the government know, hey, I have an issue here. There's something that potentially you've wronged me. I want to give you the opportunity to resolve it ahead of time. You know? And so the government has a certain time period to respond to these types of notices. Um, and it's also kind of a hurdle if you're going to file a lawsuit to let the government know what you're planning on doing. And the reason why, as opposed to a regular person, if you're suing them, you can just go and sue them uh, as opposed to giving them notice ahead of time, is the government makes the rules. And the government wants to protect itself from being sued, right? And so this is one of those hurdles, one of those technicalities that you have to do so that potentially if we have to go after those in, say, the Salt Lake County government, which this notice of claim that was filed last week is related to, or even a notice of claim that we previously filed with the state, uh, to let, put them on notice as well, uh, that, you know, for example, you mentioned the governor and other folks there that were using their elected offices in the state to uh, essentially defame uh, Scott and go after him. And so that's why we have to do this. This is just essentially part of the legal process, uh, giving the government fair notice what may come. I see. So it's just just kind of a heads-up process now. These individuals who are listed, do they get their own separate notice of claim? Or how do they hear about, how would they know that they're attached to it? That's an interesting thing. So what happens when you file these uh, or send, provide them to the state um, or to the county in this case? Uh, there's a specific person that's designated to receive those. Uh, for the state, it's the attorney general's office. And for the, the county, it's uh, the county clerk. And so when it comes to these individuals, uh, there can be a difference between whether or not they did this in their individual capacity or they did it as, say, an employee or an elected official of the government. And it's something that we, you know, for these individuals, if we have to go after them, it'll be in their individual capacity for sure. Just because you're a government uh, official doesn't mean you're automatically insulated from potential liability based on things that you say. Um, But... 
it's so what's going to happen here is that we'll, we'll be going potentially after quite a few folks. So some of these individuals have a, uh, I think, for example, when Governor Cox came out, he was speaking as Governor Cox in that capacity of governor and expressing his his outrage. I, I don't know exactly what his comments were at the time, but others, for example, on social media, they, they're not necessarily speaking in behalf of the, for example, uh, Amy Winder Newton. She's on the county council, but she wasn't speaking in the capacity of the county council, just you know, this is what I, she's, she's giving her opinion and dogpiling. And, and so that she can still, these individuals that are acting as individuals can still be sued. They're not protected because, well, you are on the county council, therefore we, we can't sue you. Right. Well, it's, it's interesting too, because this is something that when you say something, say as, as a private citizen, a private individual, and you have a government, uh, position, you may try and use it as a defense to say, hey, I was in the government and you didn't file those claims and you can't go after me. And so it's, it's one of these things that we do to make sure that we you know, cross our T's and dot our I's uh, in relation to those type of claims. I see. Okay. So that's just, that's just covering everything. And then, um, you know, people can't come back and, and uh, oh, I didn't know or I, yeah. Okay. Um, is this knows claim then is it just involved with Salt Lake County and and state of state of Utah this specific one that kind of I guess got everyone's attention uh, is really related to the county Salt Lake County specifically but there was a prior one filed with the state okay well. so that was I see. before when did that get filed I don't know the specific date but it was about maybe three days ago oh I see okay okay and is there much are, are you getting much um, media attention, like mainstream media? Are they picking up on the story at all or reporting about the claim? Uh, not that I've seen, no. Okay. So they're not necessarily, um, because they were pretty um, helpful in the pileup, right? <laughs> I mean, they seem. Sorry, in a lot of ways, they were the ones that kind of started it, right? I mean, yes. it's one thing that to make allegations, say, to Scott Miller as the, the county chair, they really went after him on a larger basis, and that really started with an article by, by the Salt Lake Tribune. Right, and the Salt Lake Tribune, uh, they they are just almost like any other mainstream media. They have an agenda, so to speak. They're very biased, and they don't have a tendency to get all the facts. So did they reach out to... To Scott, by chance? You know, it's my understanding. No, they didn't. They didn't really okay. reach out to Scott. I don't think they reached out to Dave Robinson. And again, I think there were offers saying, "Hey, we would love to give our side of the story. We'd love to give you more information. We'd love to give you the documents, texts, and emails." All right, we've got more. We're coming up on our break. We've got more that we're going to talk about with Robert Spute as soon as we get back from the short break. So stay with us on the Liberty Mom Show.
Welcome back to the Liberty Moms Show, part of the Loving Liberty Network. Liberty Moms are the real secretaries of defense when it comes to their children, their family, and their communities. I'm Chris Kimball hosting today. And if you just joined us, I've been having a conversation with Robert Spute, who is representing Scott Miller in a notice of claim that was filed against Salt Lake County last Friday. And uh, we were just Prior to the break, we were just talking about uh, the part that the Salt Lake Tribune played and whether or not they had reached out to Scott to get his side of the story. I mean, that's kind of, you expect journalists to do that, right? There's two sides to every story. Don't they want to know both sides of it? So did that actually happen? Well, you know, just to clarify what I said previously, there was at least a meeting uh, with Scott and some folks from the Salt Lake Tribune. And during that that meeting, you know, Scott wanted to say, "Hey, look, I've got things I can give you, help help you see kind of what, where things actually went, um, what my side of the story is, um, and not only just his side, but I think what really happened." But the Salt Lake Tribune actually declined to get more information from Scott, as far as I understand it, and and that's kind of the kind of the issue here. You know, we really have folks piling on, like you said, but not trying to figure out and flesh out what the actual story is. And that's why we're in this situation. If if Scott had been able to have his day in the sun to say, look, here's what really happened. Here's my side of things. People would, have, I think, at least had an opportunity to balance what had been said by those accusing him of, of I think, serious allegations that they presented. Um, but the problem is they didn't give him the serious time he needed to explain what he actually did to try and resolve those issues and to acknowledge them. But essentially this kind of left him out of the cold. You know, it's, it's so, it's, it's disheartening to see that so many of these people, like I say, they are, they're in, uh, I mean, you've got almost the whole executive branch of the state of Utah. <laughs> you've got Governor Cox, you've got the Lieutenant Governor, you have the former treasurer, you have the, um, the state auditor, I mean, all of them, I mean, they all dogpiled on this. And it's like, these are people in, I mean, when you elect people to office, you hope that they will act with the utmost of integrity and, and to just dogpile in, in social media and, and, and through the mainstream media who totally um, is agenda driven and likes to do anything. I'm sorry, but the Trib likes to do anything that makes the Republican Party look bad in the state of Utah. That's just... That's just their M.O. But, um, I mean, here you've got somebody in this leadership position that had done such a great job and and had turned the county council to a Republican majority, okay? And here he is getting dogpiled by his fellow Republicans. I mean, there are a couple of Democrats on here. Um, uh, Marie Polson, who is a representative. Carol Moss is a representative. So there were some Democrats, um, but... For the most part, they're, most of them are Republicans. And it's hard to, it's just sad to think that our people that we hope to be um, serving us as public service would have really good character traits and, and qualities instead of resorting to this mob, you know, rule type stuff and, and just dogpiling on somebody without taking the time to reach out to Scott and ask for his side of the story. And, and so it's, it's very sad. Now, 
I'm seeing another name on here. Derek Brown was the Utah GOP chair. Is he now he's not part of the county. That's a private organization, the Utah GOP. Are they involved in this in some way? You know, it, it, it seems like they will be. Uh, the problem is, is that the, the, G, the, the state GOP, the Salt, even the, the folks in the, the Salt Lake County, really took a, a position against Scott that wasn't based on, I think, more than the conjecture against him, right? What was essentially had been said in social media, what would have been said in the Tribune article. And because of that, uh, they're, they're potentially in the crosshairs as well. Um, because in the end, who was it that actually went out and made statements or other comments that supported essentially this this piling on, as you've said, of Scott? And unfortunately, there were so many. It's just it's odd that so many people in such a short amount of time piled on and brought accusations against Scott the way they did. So how long... How long would this take to resolve? What, what is Scott looking at as far as, is this going to be years? Um, how, how long does this, is this process? You know, the process itself, it, it really is going to depend, right? I know lawyers like to say that. Um, but the process is going to take as long as it takes. It, this may be something that takes years. It may be something, hopefully, if, if people recognize what they've done uh, and we can resolve things quickly, maybe it's something short. But... Usually, if this has to go to court and it's a litigation matter, it's potentially something that will take years. Well, that's that's um, sad to to hear because that's a long time to have your life tied up. You know, it, as I as I went through this list of names, it made me realize that you know maybe when I'm vetting and talking to candidates when they run for office, I need to ask them, "Do you have a claim filed against you that I should know about?" Because, I mean, it's it's almost like there's so many. I mean, I'm just overwhelmed. But it's like, you know, the a lot of times the general public doesn't even know. And this is something that I think people would want to know about somebody running for office is like, how do you conduct yourself once you're elected? I mean, are you really conducting yourself like a statesman, you know, and and waiting and following the the uh, the dictates of our constitution? which you swear an oath to uphold or you just are frenzied and get caught up in emotion. I mean, cause I just see a lot of emotion with that. And uh, it, it, I don't want um, people being my public servant who are ruled and emotion is what drives them for their decisions and how they act. I want people that are responsible and level headed and understand that there's two sides to every story. I think that's a, Pretty. That's, I think that's even a Bible, biblical principle that I would hope that everybody would honor. But um, it, it does make me wonder. Like sometimes I need to do a little bit more digging and asking some questions about people as they run for office. Um, what makes this? Um, you know, we've there's this term used of defamation. What exactly is defamation? How is it used in this situation? So defamation is. Exactly what it sounds like, right? I mean, we talk about some older definitions of that, like libel and slander. And, you know, as opposed, because one is written, one is spoken, right? And what we've done, at least in the law more recently, is to kind of put those two concepts together and say, when you said something that 
um, hurts someone uh, just because of something you said, something that isn't true, something that's, that is designed to hurt them. That it's not, and it's one thing to say things in, in private, right? You can, you can say, Hey, I don't like so-and-so uh, between you and your friend or something. I, I get that. But it's when you publish those negative statements, those bad statements, those things that are intended to defame, uh, it hurts someone. Uh, and you publish that out to the world. That's a different thing. And so what we have here, the reason we've listed the people that we have is because they've put themselves out there and publicly made statements or comments or likes or something to that effect to say, look, you know, Scott Miller is, sounds like he's a bad guy. Sounds like he's, he's done bad things and we don't like him. Um, and you shouldn't like him either. Right. And that, especially when you have an elected official or someone who's, uh, politically connected, going out and saying, hey, everyone I know, just so you know, I don't support Scott. Uh, that goes beyond, and, and it's one thing to not support, but it's to say, you know, he's potentially a harasser. He's a sexual harasser. He's he's uh, done things to hurt people. You know, he's done things to promote an environment that that is conducive of sexual harassment. That's That's pretty serious. That's beyond just, I don't like that guy, or I don't don't think you should elect that guy or he shouldn't run for a specific office in the GOP. That's something more. I, I, so I hope that helps. There's, there's specific elements we go over of what those claims mean, but that is in maybe in a nutshell defamation and why we're in this situation because it has harmed Scott, not just in running for, uh, for chair of the, G, the state GOP, but in his personal life too. And frankly, those are the types of things that none of us want to have happen to us. It's so easy to hurt someone on social media without having to even see them or talk to them or, or have any interaction with them. And that's what we have to be careful with. And it's this kind of nonchalance kind of type of attitude that has caused Scott the harm that he's received and why we're so serious about what's happened to him and why I think the people involved should be too. Well, I am, I am grateful to be honest, I'm grateful. I know it's it's tough to do this, but I'm grateful that he is making people accountable because there needs to be a consequence. I mean, there's a point, you know, we're, we're concerned about how speech is being shut down, but there's a point where speech is crossing the line. And it, um, um, I don't know, does this um, cross the line into criminal behavior um, with defamation or is it just civil or... But there needs to be a consequence when, especially with these individuals who are elected with this idea of trust, of being our public servants, that we trust them to be doing, um, we, we put them at a higher level of behavior, you know, because they are elected by a group of individuals to serve us, and we want them to be good, outstanding representatives. And so... Um, I'm I'm appreciative that he would do this because this is it, I mean I'm sure Robert you've got you charge him <laughs> there's there's cost involved whenever you're going to court so that's a financial burden I know there was a huge financial burden with uh, John Swallow he had to be um, oh gosh um, to to clear his name and it's sad that you're having to spend money and time and energy away from your family, away from your work. It can, it can hurt your work environment. Some people lose their jobs over false accusations. And, uh, and, and those that do it are really not 
thinking that through when they make these accusations without um, really knowing the facts. They're just stating an opinion or something to that effect. So, um, Well, and, and just going along with that, I mean, yeah. I think how scary that is just for each of us individually, right? The fact that someone potentially can destroy our life by a quick tweet or, you know, go, or, or even or something as big as an article in, in the Tribune, right? It, that's scary. I mean, think about how much effort you've put into your life and what you've done to be who you are and to potentially have someone take that away just because they can. That, that's where we need to be careful, and that's why we need to make sure that there are consequences when people make statements like that. So is there any, does this go, does this cross the line into criminal behavior or anything like that? Or is you know, I, with that, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm not a criminal attorney. Uh, I'll say that, but, you know, that, that's something that I'll leave to the prosecutors, but it's, it's definitely an interesting question. I'll say that. Okay. Um, what, did, what did Dave Robinson do to attract this type of allegation? Because uh, he he's facing, you know, the sexual harassment. What did, what did he do particularly that, that um, attracted that, this type of allegation to him? You know, it's, that's, that's, a, that's a great question because in a lot of ways, I'm not sure. Um, you, you know, you mentioned the success that the county GOP had. Uh, recently, right, where it went from, you know, being this kind of split government, at least in the council, to being now majority Republican. And during that election, uh, prior to these things happening, so about, you know, a little over a year ago, um, we, there was so much success. And part of that was thanks to Dave Robinson. He's a good communicator. He's a volunteer. He's not getting paid for what he's doing. And frankly, I think he is very open and upfront, maybe too upfront, in some ways with people and telling them what he thinks and what will help them in their campaigns. Um, and because of that, you know, he, he often can hit some nerves, I think with people and, you know, whether it's them individually or even some of their donors, that is something that I think has potentially come up with him and why he's received so much scrutiny. Um, but in the end, of course, you know, Dave Robinson denies that he did anything remotely that could be considered sexual harassment and that these are really allegations in a sense, I think from his point of view, that are designed to kind of get him out of the political sphere. And the real question is, is why is, is an unpaid volunteer in the crosshairs of so many important politicians, or at least to the point where the, that he even merits their acknowledgement uh, or concern? Uh, it's, it's kind of baffling. And so... That's, I mean, in the end, I think what Dave Robinson did was he helped the county GOP in Salt Lake uh, have some success. And I guess in some people's opinions, perhaps he flew cl- too close to the sun for their, their uh, comfort. And then these things came out, at least these allegations. Yeah, because yeah, you would think that if you're, I mean, Salt Lake, of course, is going to be the most difficult uh, county, well, other than maybe Summit County, but it's going to be the most difficult place for Republicans to to win elections, uh, especially as we get closer into the Salt Lake metropolitan area. But you would think that um, people would be excited to have a volunteer who's, I mean, he's working, he's just donating his time, and he's obviously got talent because he's been able to help 
whoever wanted his services, they got elected basically um, from what I was hearing. And so why would people be wanting him not involved in the party? I don't understand that, you know, other than, you know, it, it's, it's not the direction that they want the Republican Party to be going in Salt Lake County. I don't know. Um, but I would think that all Republicans would want Republicans to hold any county seat or ledge seat or state seat that they can get in the Salt Lake County area. But um, that doesn't always seem to be the case. Um, now, is Zions Bank involved in this at all? You know, it's it's one of those things where, you know, I hope not, right? The interesting thing is, again, perhaps Dave and Scott, you know, step on too many toes of big donors um, and issues that these big donors didn't like that precipitated some of these actions. Um, you know, a lot of the officials that that uh, were dogpiling on, on Scott, on Dave, uh, one of their, as far as I can tell, one of their, their benefactors and main contributors to their election campaigns is, is Zions Bank, um, or at least those who are involved in Zions Bank. And it's, it's a concern that we have, um, and it will be something that I think we'll have to look into further. Yeah, in fact, uh, one of the legislators, Robert Spenlove, I believe works for Zions Bank, and he's a, he's a legislator. He's a House um, member. And it's interesting because he lives in Salt Lake County, and uh, there's I have friends that live in his district, and he will put out Democrat um, campaign signs in his yard alongside the Republican signs of who he's supporting. And it's interesting because again, it, it, we're not seeing the um, he, the the support that you would think you would have for um, Republican candidates that are running for office by fellow Republicans. I mean, it's one thing, okay, don't put their sign out if you don't, if you don't really support them, but you don't need to put out the opposition and help the opponent get elected. You know, um, campaigning for the Democrats, I don't think is really a good idea for Republicans to do in general, but that might just be me. But um, anyway, what, what's the next step? How long, what's the time frame? Um, I mean, will you go to the next step? Will it involve a lawsuit? You know, unfortunately, we don't have, I think, a, a huge amount of time between this step and, and potentially filing a lawsuit. Um, right now, I mean, we're, we're looking at our options, but it seems like that is a, is a likely scenario that we'll be looking at here very soon. Okay. Um, well, again, I, I have to say that... Um, I, I appreciate the fact that um, Dave, both Dave, I mean, Scott's filed a claim, and so has Dave Robinson as well, right? Right. And uh, that both of these individuals are really wanting to um, put an end to this kind of behavior in our, in our public um, realm um, through the media. Would, would the Tribune get involved in this at all? Do they have any um, liability or not? You know, uh, is that kind well, of a hard thing to go after? It's 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 something that whether whether or not it's hard or not, um, it's certainly something that we're looking into. And again, because the the Sally Tribune is not necessarily a government entity, of course, it's not right. Um, they don't get a notice of claim to the same extent that say Sally County or the state of Utah would. 
So that is something that we're reviewing. And, and uh, you know, once if we get to the point where we do file a lawsuit, uh, I think things will be very clear at that point. And again, we're starting to see in the, you know, not here in Utah as much, but in the national scene where certain publications like CNN and the Washington, New York Times, they're starting to be sued by individuals who um, are hurt by their coverage and their, um, I don't know if you would call it incompetence or their agenda-driven um, reporting, and they're starting to get sued now. And uh, that's starting, hopefully that will maybe create a trend where if they are being sued, and, and hopefully um, if that's the case with Scott, if he's able to do that, it, it might force these newspapers to actually become journalists and to report on both sides of the story instead of just reporting one side. And, and it's the side that they want to push, the narrative. Right. Right. And that's the thing. I mean, news agencies or newspapers or whoever, I mean, they're not necessarily immune just because they're they're journalists. Right. They still need to say something that's correct. And that's I mean, I think good journalists are going to go out and make sure they have both sides of the story, which is why it's so baffling to me that uh, the Salt Lake Tribune wouldn't want to get both sides of the story, especially when it was offered to them and they had time to do it. So. I want to ask you a question. So do you think Scott Miller overall handled this correctly? You know, from everything I've seen, I don't know how, how he would have done it differently, right? I think the only, the only thing I can see him doing is essentially what he's complaining about what everyone else is doing, which is essentially dogpiling on someone, uh, using someone else as a scapegoat, like Dave Robinson saying, see you, Dave, get out. You know, I don't care about whether or not you're innocent. I just care about preserving my own position. And Scott's not that kind of guy. He's the kind of guy who he does what's right. He definitely, I think, did everything he could to do what was right in that situation to explore the issues. And unfortunately, you know, he was put in a position where he wasn't able to get to the end of that because, frankly, he was put in a position where he had to give up his position and even what he was running for because of these allegations. Yeah, and I do remember when he... uh he resigned his chair of the Salt Lake County. It was going to be ending relatively soon, and he resigned that. And then there was this outcry, but he hasn't withdrawn his name from running for state GOP. And so um, I remember that outrage, like, how dare he? How dare he still run for office when basically they've decided he's guilty? Right. It's difficult for anyone yeah. to even, even imagine being in that situation let alone staying in it as long as he did. Right. Yeah, it, that takes a lot of fortitude. And, you know, there's a lot of people that just, you know, they know it's, it's wrong, but they don't want the, the battle that lies ahead. And that's what um, I admire about Scott and, and Dave, but Scott with his willingness to, to take on this, this fight and to defend his name and to clear his name and to set the record straight and to hopefully make sure that in the future this doesn't happen again. Because, like I said, in my tenure of being involved in the legislative process, I've seen this pattern happen over and over again. And uh, it's not good for our state, and it's not good for the people of Utah. And uh, and so, anyway, um, 
what are your, we've only got, well, in fact, we're almost finished up here. So let's do this. I appreciate you, Robert, for coming on. Um, he's legal Thank counsel you. for Scott, who has filed a claim of defamation against the County of Salt Lake. And I appreciate you taking the time to share that information with us and um, wish Scott good luck with this case. Thank you, Chris. Appreciate the time. You bet. Thanks for listening in today. This was the Liberty Mom Show. We'll talk to you next week here on the Loving Liberty Network. Thank you.